Welcome back to another episode of HR Nightmares. I am Gabby Plume. I'm the Pe- People and Culture Consultant with Leith HR Group. I am with our co-host today, Beth Looney and Amy Conway. Hello. And then our special guest, Michael Cooper. Hello. With Marsh McLennan Agency. There it is. There, there it is. <laughs> um, super exciting episode today. Um, we're going to be talking about different generations in the workplace. Super Ooh. relevant. Um, we have how many, four or five different generations in the workplace right now? Mm-hmm. Um, Technically five. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's super important topic. And especially, I know a lot of business owners and managers that want to hear from Gen Z, even though we're kind of in that sandwich Yeah. Do we generation. consider you two <laughs> yes. Gen Z not I to like we do. disclosure? I, your age but no, I, I think i think we count you we're, look, we're yeah. in the one range. foot in gen z one foot you look in the yeah. either way we're we'll here to work. help managers um get to know you know the younger generation so let's kick off the episode let's get to know michael cooper and let's hear about your thank story you. and what you're doing yeah so thank you guys for having me very excited to be here um but michael cooper marsh mcclennan agency i'm in richmond virginia actually so i'm kind of all across the east coast i'm stoked to be in wilmington right now um, but i'm a benefits broker with them and have been for a couple years love working with that team great group of people and um, yeah, I'm really just excited to be here and chat about this generation and kind of all the ebbs and flows with it. It's what I did uh, my thesis on in school. So it's kind of a personal interest and yeah, happy to be here. And yeah. I, and we do have to mention that we are both um, UNCW alumni. We are. So. Go yes. Hawks. Go Hawks. We've heard Go the Hawks. stories about how you two know each other yes. from UNCW. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. So let's get into the generations in the workplace, what are you guys seeing with your clients right now? Um, and how are you kind of helping them um, navigate, you know, different communication styles, different leadership styles, all, all the things? How are you guys navigating? You know, I think that there, I think there's a lot that goes into it. I think the probably biggest disparity right now is that most of our senior level leadership is Gen Z. Some of them could be boom or no, not Gen Z, Gen X. I get confused. Gen it, it, X it probably won't be the right? first time. Yeah. And so, <laughs> it's going to happen to all of us. And uh, there is a l- big differences. Mm-hmm. So I think what's hard is that I, I do a lot of the webinars on the generations, and I love that topic because there's so many more similarities than there are differences between right. the generations. But so many of their desires and so many of their strengths are very much the same. They're just achieved in very different ways. And getting our senior leaders to understand that, that we just have to shift a little bit of our communication or a little bit Mm -hmm. of what we're offering. It's not a completely different way of dealing with people. It's just little shifts. But I have a hard time getting senior leaders, which is typically who I work with, um, to really help bridge that gap. And sometimes I'm like, these are your kids, dude. Like, this is your generation of children. You should know how to talk Mm -hmm. to them. I find one of the things that you, you said, it was the communication piece. I find that the piece that is most frustrating to me sometimes is just the stereotyping. That kind yeah. of stuff really drives yep. me crazy. Oh, the Gen Xers. What are you guys? Gen Z's? No. Gen, Gen Z's. Gen Z's. Gen Z's. Yeah. We're Xers. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but that you that the younger generations are lazy. They just don't want to show up. They're mm-hmm. snowflakes. I hear that a lot. Yes. Like, oh, they're just so old. They, they'll melt if you say right. something, if you cross your eyes at them. And I think it's really uh, worrisome. And also dangerous to stereotype anyone in the workplace because you just don't want to get into that habit of an us versus them mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So you really need to know everyone on a personal level. So. Absolutely. And Michael, what do you think as a Gen Z and being like the younger, you yeah. know, person in your um, your business? Like, how do you feel walking into that? 
you know, with the different. I personally degrees. love it because it's it's fun for me. I like to learn, um, and so I've actually had some great interactions with my older colleagues who. Um, they just want to know what are you thinking? Like, what are your thoughts as a younger person in this? In this traditionally, I mean, insurance is a older generation mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are your thoughts? What are you bringing to the table? How can we do things differently? Maybe we haven't looked at it from this standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, I really enjoyed it. I do think the communication piece is really interesting, and that's I think one of the overarching themes of our generation is the um, we've been exposed to a different type of communication since we were born through the internet. Mm-hmm. And right. that's now you changed. grew up with technology exactly. in your mm-hmm. hand, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. a phone. Yeah, and we didn't have that. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And I think when I was when I was doing my thesis, this term flat communication kept coming back up. And like the way I describe it is, you know, traditionally or the way you know several generations ago, like there was a very clear hierarchy. So employee A couldn't get to the CEO just through an email or like there was levels to it. But all of a sudden, you know, our generation grows up and we have access to Twitter, for an example. And mm-hmm. like I could I could tweet at anybody I wanted to if I wanted to get my message across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So bringing that into the workplace, I does think shift that dynamic. And um, it's it's definitely made some changes. I love that you gave that example, because I remember so clearly something that happened when I was in a leadership position years ago and an employee complained and they took it to Twitter. I was literally like. I'm, I'm right yeah. here. You could have just come and told me. And I mean, it was something where I'm like, that's a valid reason to mm-hmm. have not come to that event that we had or whatnot. Right. And but yet they took it to Twitter instead of just walking into my office right. and saying to my face, hey, I, I can't be here for that. Mm-hmm. And I would have said, no problem. Yeah. Take the day off. Right. Um, but it was just amazing. That I'm like, that was the preferred method of communication. I'm like, yeah. that's how you want to communicate with me. That's fine. It's probably mm-hmm. not the easiest way, but I'm welcome to it. But I just found that so interesting. It's just such a clear example of different communication mm-hmm. styles. Well, I remember very distinctly when I first started my career years and years ago, and the um, CEO of the company, like if he came in, we weren't even really supposed to say hello to him. Like mm-hmm. he was a, a standalone person on an island right. and you mm-hmm. needed to jump from, you know, you talk to your boss who would talk to their boss who would talk to their boss. And mm-hmm. I think that nowadays it's really interesting. So if we grew up with that, that's like how we, you know, that was our first experience in the workplace. And all of a sudden now we're working with people that are like, that's kind of BS. Like, what the heck? I'll right. talk yeah. to you. I want to talk exactly. to you. Yeah. And so I think that that's a really important thing for the kind of senior level, senior level people now. It's right. like, stop making these um, kind of false barriers for no reason, right? Because right. I mean, you want to get you want to get information and feedback from every level in your in your organization. And that's something yeah. that I think our generation is highly values. So mm-hmm. when when you hear Gen Z talk about I want purpose and meaningfulness in the workplace, I really think that's one of those factors that they feel like they want at least to know what's going on within mm-hmm. the business. Um, you know, it, I was this is a brief example. I was with an accountant on Wednesday for coffee and she's 25 working at a smaller accounting firm when I asked her she's been there a couple of years and I was like well what's kept you at your job because I love asking people that question mm-hmm. and her first answer it wasn't benefits or culture or you know pay etc it was they're so open mm. and I was like what do you mean she's like well we have partners at our firm and I'm an associate but we have monthly meetings and they tell me what's going on in the business how we're doing financially what areas of growth we're looking at. She's like, you know, it, and, you know, they're asking for a little bit of input and whether that input they implement or not is fine because I feel like I know what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. And that was really important for At least they're asking, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's really important. And I love that because um, I think you're you're so right. And I think that, too, employees buy into the company, you know, if they know the the plans. It's not just, oh, like, we're here I am doing this mm-hmm. job. It's, oh, I'm bought in because now I know, oh, the business is doing really good. Oh, these are the plans. This is what, what we have to look forward to. So I think that's super important. And I also think, and this is something that we talked about probably – a year ago when we first right. wanted to back have this, this yeah, episode yeah. Um, is that reverse mentorship. And mm-hmm. it's so, so important. I mean, we all the time, Beth will call me, oh, how do I do this in Canva? Or, you know, something. What, yeah. what's another way to do this? Or I'll call Beth or Amy, oh, what have you guys been doing? Um, and just learning from the younger generations in the workplace um, because we do have different outlooks and perspectives. And um, there is a lot to learn. You know, we're more, we might be more, tech savvy, you know, so we can help out these senior level executives um, do stuff really effectively and efficiently. Um, So I think it's super important to have those conversations. Something I noticed about that. So I I work with a lot of different companies and, you know, some of the companies in the past that I've worked with, not necessarily now, when they have different um, ages in the workforce, right? Mm -hmm. And the, I think one of that's maybe one of the biggest distinguishing factors is how people use and integrate technology, right? You can kind of tell their age a little bit with that. Mm -hmm. And it's really important, and I would love to have your mm-hmm. perspective. So an older person might feel a little intimidated to say that they don't know because maybe they're, they're afraid that they might lose their position or right. they might lose their seat at the table if they are found out to be technically challenged. So yeah. how, would you, how would you try to coach that, that into somebody? That is a great question. Um, I think often it just comes down to sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And so mm-hmm. giving the example and seeing that this can really ease up your workload. Right. Um, an example I'll use off the top of my head is paper enrollment versus online. Oh, my mm. gosh. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Like, that's, I think that's, that was the first thing that came to mind is, like, going into work with an employer, and they've always done paper enrollment, and this is just the way it's always been. So I was like, well, what if we give you an admin system or something that can help this, and now we're up to speed. And, um, but sometimes helps. that's fear, right? They're yeah. afraid that afraid they don't know how to do it. But right. They're also afraid that they will be eliminated, right. that they won't be needed anymore. I think sometimes, yeah, it, it is. Uh, I used to always say, you have to try, right? Mm-hmm. Just try. And I think that it is the fear that drives that I don't know how to do this and I'm, I don't want to ask. I don't want to seem like I don't know how to do it. So therefore... I don't even try. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives me nuts. I'm like, okay, try. We can we can work through this. Yeah. We can help you with it. But this is part of it. You know, we are advancing. Mm-hmm. We advance in our customer systems and our employee systems and the ways we do our job. And everyone in the workforce has got to move along with that trajectory. And t- technology is part of it. So Good I don't time. really, like, take... I don't know how to use technology very well. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, well you, you got to try. You have to build a, uh, an environment of trust. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, if we're working with somebody and they don't know how to do a pivot table, this has happened, and they're just, you know, crunching along, it is going to be so much more efficient if they walk down the hall and get somebody younger, p- perhaps, yeah. or more experienced in doing that, and then they can learn from them. But doing it on your on your own without trusting that you can make a mistake or ask for help, I think that's a mm-hmm. huge thing. And, you know, I, I, I know love your... That. <laughs> that's what we call Gabby. I know. I'm go. like, mm, I had admins for a lot of years. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff I had to relearn, too. I mean, and I'm not that old. No, it's, but the you, you hit on it with environment of trust, right? Yeah. And I think as a, as a leader... Um, vulnerability is huge. So mm-hmm. if I'm coming to the workplace 
24 years old, um, 23 years old, whatever it is, and someone senior is asking me for help, I feel valued. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I, yeah, I can help you with this. And even though it's maybe something really small, such as, um, you know, pivot tables or something in Excel. But helping that's still, with my phone. Helping <laughs> with your phone. Yeah, like whatever it is, um, that's still value there. And, and um, you know, Marsh is a super tech savvy company and we're constantly getting new platforms and things that are great for our company and they create great efficiencies. But yeah, oftentimes it's, you know, hey, Michael, I know we installed this recently, but you're up to speed on it. Can you help me with this? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Well, I think, yeah, that's the commonality of like every generation wants that to be valued. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like leading with this. There's as much to learn as there is to teach. Right. Mm -hmm. And we all sometimes we teach, sometimes we learn. right? Right. And if we all just embrace that, I think we would do a lot better job working across all generations and having that. I'm curious to pivot a little bit. What you see, because you are a benefits broker, you work with benefits primarily, what are you seeing from the clients that you work with mm-hmm. as far as any trends because of these newer generations yeah. in the workforce and different desires for different benefits? Like, are you seeing any big trends of the companies coming to you saying, like, what yeah, else can we offer? that's a great question. I'm laughing because Gabby and I talked about not talking about benefits today. <laughs> oh, well, no, 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 I didn't no, know, so too no, bad. No, it's all good. Um, <laughs> I think, and and this was the example that I was going to use. One thing as a recent, you know, what's what's really flexible? So what's a benefit that we can implement that can go across the board? So we just hit on four different generations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going to be able to apply to everybody? Um, one of them that comes to mind recently is an LSA, so a lifestyle spending account. Mm. And what that is, it's, it's essentially high level. It's like bonus money, but... The graphic that I, I got the other day from a vendor was they had literally broken down from um, oldest to youngest, so Gen Z at the bottom and I guess boomers all the way at the top in the middle. What were they most commonly spending those mm-hmm. dollars on? And you can imagine it was different on every single subject. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, the Gen Z kids were spending money on workout and Allbirds or shoes, you know, right, whatever it was, right. versus then there was childcare mm-hmm. and, you know, gifts. And it just, it was a big spread of things. So I think that's something interesting as of recent. Um, as far as anything other benefits, nothing else like specific comes to mind. Like this is like the Gen Z key. One thing I think is interesting for from a benefits perspective mm-hmm. is I was working with um, kind of a friend who wanted to see about their benefits. Yeah. And they didn't, their company didn't have um, domestic partnership benefits. And I know that a lot of companies offer that. So what are you seeing in terms of that? as opposed to having to be married in order for your spouse to receive the mm-hmm. benefits. A lot of people are having those domestic life partners. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely gaining traction too. Mm-hmm. I think it, it kind of speaks back to the fact that their companies are really opening the doors now mm-hmm. to what else can we offer? You know, what else what can we really, what makes people, sense to the people? Right. Yeah, and so that's, that, that's, that's another great example, seeing fertility benefits come back up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just finding ways to increase the value um, that they're bringing to their employee so they can mm-hmm. then attract and retain that talent. You know, we say that all the time, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. So, you know, nothing specific really coming to mind. But, yeah, I think opening the door, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I will meet with some folks, and they're just like, yeah, we've got a regular benefits program. We haven't done much benchmarking on it recently, or, you know, it is what it is, and it's always worked. And um, I'm like, well, do you want to look at something? Like, are you curious? And, uh, like, I had, um, like, pet insurance, mm-hmm. another one. That's mm-hmm. another one that's been popping up recently. So. We I always used to hear about that, and we used to laugh. We're like, we're not offering. <laughs> we're not going to take away from like that. That is, but a people huge do thing want it because yep. yeah. I think the younger generations 
love their pets right mm-hmm. so much and so if you can do something along that line i think it's important that was one of the benefits that when i was recruiting for a, a I was trying to find somebody, and they said that oh, one of their benefits was that they allowed it. It was a pet-friendly place; you could bring your dog to work. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm, I was surprised at how many people that applied were like, "I was really interested in the job because of this mm-hmm. benefit." And you're like, "I think oh, I, I heard that on one of y'all's podcasts prior." Yeah, yeah. Running that was around the first the time I heard about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and I think that. But it's it, like let's specify what kind of pets, like well-behaved no iguanas, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> no iguanas. Yeah. yeah, and that's a great way to get people back in the office if that's like you know that's a big perk. Yeah, and people are like, oh, I don't want to get back into office because I have a pet at home or the travel. You know, finding different benefits that you can offer to help them to get yeah. them back into the office is great. I think that's a really interesting point between generations too, mm-hmm. like the return to work right now that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious to hear y'all's thoughts on it, kind of what you're seeing. Um, and we can dive into maybe yeah. a generational topic on it, but I think that's something right now that's big. I, I think it's huge. Um, there's definitely a difference between generations in their viewpoints on office work versus remote work. And mm-hmm. and and I'll be honest, there's some businesses that they, they just can't do it. It's mm-hmm. way too right. collaborative. There's way too much of like, I need this person down the hall at a drop of a hat. We're doing a contract. We can't get on a Zoom call every time we have to do this. It, it, and that's that's okay, right? Or it's a customer-facing business where obviously you can't yep. be remote if your client is walking in the door to see you. Um, so there's sometimes where I have I always tell the business, I'm like, we just have to be honest. It is what it is at the mm-hmm. end of the day. But where I challenge them a lot is just that where we're just being stubborn about it or – what I hear a lot, which drives me nuts, is the like, well, if we set a precedent for that one person, then mm-hmm. everybody's going to want it. I'm like, so? Okay. Yeah. But if we can do that, I mean, I have a business right now where I'm like, we're out of office space, and yet you still won't consider Interesting. remote employees. Mm-hmm. We literally don't have a single office left if we hire, <laughs> and we have four open positions. Yeah. Where are these folks (laughs) sitting? And yet we will not consider people to be even flex work, Mm -hmm. right? Where we would just have maybe cubicle space and people just came and set up when they were there. They're going to have to consider it, Mm -hmm. right? There's nothing Mm -hmm. they can do on office space. So, And office space is a really interesting thing with generations because I think when I was a kid, like our parents' generation – like the epic of success was the corner office, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, you're in this big like work table. Yeah. And you all work together and you pick up your materials and you move wherever you need to go. Mm-hmm. And for an older person, that might be really shocking because they want the office with the door and they feel that there's some prestige mm-hmm. that goes well, yeah, along with Yeah, because they that. got piles of paper like <laughs> lined up. I'm like, yeah, if you don't have an office, you can't pile up all your right. paper stuff, whereas I don't print anything out. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I see it a lot. I think that um, I don't think it's going away, Mm-mm. personally. I, I don't. I think what I what I am seeing a trend of, and you guys, none of us are looking for jobs, so we may not see it, but you do a lot of recruiting work, Gabby. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many roles that are putting remote in the LinkedIn pro, like job postings, and they're not truly remote mm-hmm. jobs. Really? So it's like companies know they're trying to they're attract trying to remote, them. and they're yeah. trying to hook, and like, the end of the day, it's not really remote, and it's you know people are they're kind of I don't know 
Yeah, that's kind of crappy, too, for yeah. a candidate, you know, like, to have these expectations up front. I say that's our HR nightmare right there. Yeah, like I've you know, been hearing a lot off. about it from yeah. candidates. Like, yeah. It's the old flipperoo. The like flipperoo. It's like you're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some other topics that you think, I know that we've done presentations, I've done your presentation on generations yeah. in the workplace. So what are some other big topics that you're noticing as maybe the gen Y. Z. 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 Z.
like, what are they doing? And they rented this like RV and they're driving, not what I would want to do, but they're driving around the whole country in three it. months' time. Oh. Awesome. Huh. And but guess you know what? what? They're going to be loyal to come back. Right. Oh, totally. They are. But you know what's sad is like, that's a US problem. The exactly. because yeah. I traveled to on a two week first time I'd ever taken two weeks off in yeah. my career. And this was probably 17 years in. I think it was the year before I left. It was 2019. And I went to Bali with a group of strangers. These strangers were half of us were from the U.S., half of us were from Europe. Right. Mm-hmm. OK. The U.S. people for two weeks we were like, oh, my God, this was a lot of time yeah. off. And oh, my gosh, I got to check in. I got to check with mm-hmm. my boss and my team. Right. We're all stressed out. The the European people were like, this is my first two weeks on a six weeks paid yeah. sabbatical, or one had a six it. month paid sabbatical. Mm-hmm. She worked for Amazon in Germany, paid paid six that. months. Yeah, so, so maybe it's wow. not a generational thing. Maybe it's not a generational thing. That's a U.S. I really want to go to Bali. The U.S. problem. Yes. So what are some other like trends that you guys see that you, that your generation is really maybe either wanting in the workplace or does, doesn't really like in the workplace. Yeah, tell us what you don't like in the workplace. What we don't like in the workplace? That's a great question. Um, I'm curious. I could probably speak from a peer standpoint. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. to be completely honest, I know I'm wearing the shirt right now. I, I really do work and love working at Marsh. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been nothing short of exceptional. And I think a lot of that actually started when I was trying to intern with them. We had COVID, which was not fun. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the recruiter who was helping me was just so kind and personal, like the whole nine yards. The people were great. So I've had a great time really working here and I plan on being here for a while. But to pivot to some of my friends and, and maybe why they've had turnover, um, two things. One, I think there's been a, a lack of expectations. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was the remote work answer we were talking about earlier, right? We've got remote work on the application and then all of a sudden, right. well, no, 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 it's not. Bait and switch. Now Bait you got to come switch. back to the office. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I do think an expectation thing is there. And I think as an employer, one of the best things you could do early on is asking those employees, especially the younger ones, what can I do for you before we start working together? How, how well, you know, what do you need to be coachable, to be a good employee? And then these are our expectations as a workplace. Now we are going to provide ABC. We're going to give you great training. I think you're going to enjoy working here. Um, maybe our cause matches some of the reasons you have, and you, you're going to find purpose here in your work, but this is also how we work. Mm-hmm. And this is, what we you know it's a contract it goes both mm-hmm. ways so i think that's i want to like circle that with like a big marker Good. and say that is exactly <laughs> what i want everyone to hear yeah i love that because i think a lot of times well the, the companies sometimes that maybe i'm working with they're like oh man these younger people they want 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 mm-hmm. and i love it because it's it's a two-way street and they mm-hmm. need to really express They've what the expectations to. are yeah and and i, I love think, that and to the generational point i think this is I think going back to my research here, which was a couple of years ago, but a lot of the Gen Z um, uh, growing up, we had our parents, you know, we had one great recession or 2008, but a lot of us, I think, had stable jobs. So there wasn't much maybe work growing up. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of times these kids are getting into college and they're experiencing their first job. And then all of a sudden going to the workplace, this is their first full time job. And talking to my peers when I graduated, I was a little shocked because I'd started working when I was little and I had different hourly jobs. Um, and so I was fully used to a 40 to 50 hour work week. Mm-hmm. And then my friends graduated and they were like, whoa, what is this? I have to work every day. I have to work every day. And yeah, it's like, or do you I work, have to be there at eight. You work on weekends. Every day yeah. Like, what I do have you to mean? Be there on I, a well, Tuesday? I, yeah. I don't like that either. So yeah. So I think the expectations thing is, is a great conversation to have 
up front. I think it, it's, you know, it helps both employee and employer. And um, from a Gen Z standpoint, too, just also understanding your employees, mm -hmm. because I know with all of my mentors, um, and maybe I'm a little bit outside the, the, the normal strain here, but I grew up playing a lot of sports. So I don't really take good feedback well. Like, if I do a job and Gabby's my boss and she comes over and she's like, Michael, you're, you're just crushing it right now. You're doing so well. Good job. All this stuff. I'm going to look and be like, Gabby, I need some constructive feedback here. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just give me the good all the time. Um, so I told my mentors that and the people I work with and they're like, great, let's do it. But that's an open conversation. And once yeah. you have that, I think it can be really productive. Yeah, we do a lot of work with leadership on just how to deliver feedback, how to receive yeah. feedback. You guys do and trainings on that, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we do a lot. We sure do. My go. number one message is always like, just ask mm -hmm. how that person likes to get feedback, right? Ask them what kind of feedback they are most receptive to. But I always, the people like you, I always, because I coach, I'm a coach mm -hmm. too, so I always coach them and I'm like, why can't you take the praise and recognition too? Because yeah, realizing mm -hmm. too that I, yep. people want to give you what yeah. is deserved, right? And sometimes you just have to like live with that discomfort and get good at also being praised yeah. too. Because if you deserve the praise I know. I know. and there isn't the constructive yeah. feedback, it's like, you're actually just doing a good yeah. job and I need to teach you how to take that feedback too. My managers have that conversation yes, with me before yes, too. And but, so I know it's something personal for me and I'm like, yeah, I know, thank you. Yeah. I do appreciate it. Well, you're I get so it. used to being critiqued, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, sometimes you don't need the critique, right? I think right? sometimes athletes are like that because yeah. they just oh, want totally. to always get yeah. better. So they're like, yeah, yeah, the good stuff I know. Awesome. I already know. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's like, like, tell me what I can improve competitive. on. So yeah. I'm very competitive. Com people, I want to be... I want to get better all the time. And yeah. so I think that's interesting. And not obviously not every Gen Z is like that, but still that question opens mm -hmm. the door to doing that. Gabby, I'm curious um, on, on the Gen Z side, have you heard much on like professional growth opportunities within organizations? Because I think that's one unique thing that we could go back and forth on. My company is 10,000 lives inside of an 80,000 life company across mm -hmm. the world. You guys are seven or eight people. Yep. Yeah. Team of HR yeah. ninja consultants, right? Like, ninja. Yeah. yeah. Very nimble, different organizations. So, I, you know, obviously same generation, but completely different workforces. Right. Um, curious, just kind of hear takes on that. Yeah, I think I'm hearing a lot of professional growth, not only with my all of my friends, that's what they want in a company, right? They want to keep getting better. And I use this, I say, I keep wanting to add, it, add things to my toolkit, right? Yeah. To like make me a better employee, a better person, um, both, you know, personally and professionally. So I think that's huge in Gen Z is it might not be this, like I mentioned, it might not be this, oh, I can picture myself staying with one company for 30 years, but it might be, oh, do they provide me the opportunity to, you know, go chase some of my interests? I mm -hmm. might be interested in um, the marketing department if I'm um, a recruiter or vice versa, or, oh, I want to see how, like, the budgeting works or, you know, different departments and having that leeway of, like, oh, can I go jo job shadow for a day if I have, you know, if all my work's done, um, just to kind of learn how, yeah. Other departments work. I think that's big um, with a lot of my friends. Completely I don't know. Completely agree. Yeah. And, and Beth, you're asking benefits earlier. Mm -hmm. I think this is an overlooked benefit yep. that companies can really get into. It's just the L and D side of it. And yeah. affordable. I would and agree. affordable. Like yeah. exactly. Put yep. some money into and and I think where we try to consult with companies is like it can be external. You don't have to provide those right. opportunities. You just have to provide the funding for mm -hmm. or maybe the resources to help like here's some resources right. you can look yeah. at right but it's like you don't have to internally provide all of those things 
but you can give them some money so that mm-hmm. they don't because some of those are very expensive opportunities, mm-hmm. right? To go to a three-day seminar it could cost two thousand right. dollars to get a professional coach. I mean, I know what I charge. It's not cheap, right? And a twenty-five-year-old who's making sixty thousand dollars, you know, might yeah. not be able to do that. So if you can fund that as a company, that is something that's really attractive to millennials and Gen Zers that is more uncomfortable to boomers and Gen Xers. Because mm-hmm. it is, point. so what I will say is that is the difference of the generation. They want the growth, they want the opportunities, but the timeline of what they want that to happen mm-hmm. is much different, right? Oh, Whereas yeah. a oh, yeah. boomer or Gen Xer may say, I'm going to get that growth and I'm going to get that development over the course of a decade when I do these different jobs and experiences. Mm-hmm. We're a Gen Z or a millennial. We're like, no, I want to go to the seminar and get yeah. that within six I've been, months. Yeah, I've yeah. Been I want to get my certification. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so yep. that's where it's like same desire is achieved in different ways. So companies can do a lot of things to just realize like these are all good things. We mm-hmm. just have to shift a little bit different to make sure we're appealing to each generation individually. Right. And I think that it's important to, for companies to, you know, remind themselves, your employees getting these certifications, ultimately that skill set's coming back to your organization. 100%. So it's a win-win on both parties. Yeah. yeah. You know. We, so. we we rolled out something. My HR team's going to be so happy for this. And they're great. But, <laughs> Give them a little plug. Yeah, seriously. They're, they're the best. But um, we rolled out something recently within our organization where we we really did a deep dive on all of our positions internally, um, you know, giving instructions, what they do, roles, et cetera. So like, let's say if we had somebody who was in operations interested in client management, well, now we have a way, kind of a bridge program for them. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. And it's great benefit. And there's so many stories, I think, from my colleagues and there's, they love telling them because it's not a, well, I was interested in this and I ended up leaving because I wanted to go do communications and I couldn't do it here. But think about you have the, like a think whole about matrix. The yeah. Excellent like oversight management of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it might take maybe three months to prep that, right? Mm-hmm. But then think about the longevity of these people that might have jumped ship after a year because they wanted to switch. Exactly. And now I mean th- that yeah. is a wonderful and even just from recommendation. A, I mean, I don't say cost standpoint, from a business standpoint. Okay, so we lost one person operations here, mm-hmm. but we filled a role over here. So now right, we're right. we're backfilling one role instead of two. And we've already got somebody who knows our organization and exactly. knows our business really well. And well, is that, passionate that they yeah. want to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. part of succession planning too. So mm-hmm. like Nordstrom, we did the same thing, right? We had a whole career pathing matrix. And we believe very much in not only moving up and down the hierarchy, but moving across. Mm-hmm. Because it was about having breadths of experiences. So by the time you got to the job level I ended at, it was very important to have multiple breadths of experiences because Mm -hmm. you could not be a director and a VP at Nordstrom if you had not kind of worked across different parts of the organization. I heard uh, um, someone describe the other day as, you know, our generation is looking for a career path instead of it's a ladder, maybe a jungle gym. And I was like, Mm -hmm. ooh, that's it. That's it. It is true. Sometimes you have to go, uh, you know, you got to take a step backwards in order Mm -hmm. to gain the experience. I did that in my career. I went from being a manager back to I wanted to go into HR. So, you know, I had to take a step backwards and become an HR generalist and a coordinator, you know, even though I was at the time an equal level to the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did it for 11 months and then I got promoted to a manager, yeah. right? It was a quick learn because I already knew so much of what HR yeah, did because you know I worked with them as a sales manager. Um, but there's times that you have to do that and it's good for your career. I think it's really interesting. I'm working with a group now that. Um, just hired someone who has probably more experience. So 
So they were a manager level older um, retirement age, but doesn't want to retire yet, right? They still have a lot to give. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted a coordinator position. And I was so glad that we were so proactive about bringing that person in. A lot of times I think recruiters are like, oh, they're too overqualified or they're going to want too much money. So they exclude them. Mm -hmm. And so by bringing this person on, we definitely ask the questions. It's like, this is a big jump down. It's not a jump up. It's a jump down. Like, tell us why you would want to do that. And she had the great answer. She wanted to still be part of the work world. She was single and she didn't want to lose connections with Mm -hmm. other people. And she wanted to learn things still at at her age. And so we brought her on in in a coordinator position. And not only is she like killing it in this role because Mm -hmm. she's so smart and she's been doing it for so many years, but then she's also just this like ad hoc person that people go to for other experiences yeah. and information she's and probably happy it too. is yeah she's i thought so of doing that happy. i mean when i left my corporate job i'm like i don't want to manage 35 people anymore i don't want to have eight thousand employees like yeah. i just want to do my work and not have to worry about anyone else but me and be an individual contributor for a while mm-hmm. right and now i can do that obviously as a consultant but i thought about i'm like I, I'm fine. I don't need. I can take the pay cut. It's not a yeah. big deal. Like I'll keep working, so make, tell, pay my bills, but I just don't want to be responsible. For it's people. like don't exclude older people that have a higher <laughs> yeah. job going to a lower job. Mm-hmm. Right? I would agree. You'll miss out on somebody great. And I think, and the one thing that I'm seeing out of this, which I think is huge for our generation as well, and just in the workplace, but like mentorship. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet they are a fantastic mentor. Oh, to whoever they needs are. them. Yeah. And everyone's coming to them. Yes. And it's just, and we didn't even hire for that. We, it was like an extra added bonus. There mm-hmm. you go. You know, yeah. and it, it's just such a win-win. She's so happy to be there. You know, she's got kind of a connection and I, it's wonderful. So I highly recommend thinking outside the box sometimes. Yeah. And I think kind of on the same level here, but um, I'm thinking of executive level, like your CEO, your business owners that us Gen Z might not get to see all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe have, maybe as a CEO, you go hang out with, you know, go go hang out with the Gen Z, the younger um, employees, and see what they're doing. Put on the like at McDonald's, put on the apron, do the yeah. flip the burgers. Because as a Gen Z or the younger generation, we're gonna have so much more respect if you're on the ground level with us. Not necessarily every day, but like that you're interested and that you're bought into your company. Um, and I think that's super important. Excellent. You know, just yeah. to get on the ground level with your people and get to know your people and their names. Completely and agree. you know, more than just a number. I think that's big for Gen Z. Is like yeah. we don't want to be lost in the sauce and um, just kind of like these robots behind, you know, we want to be a part of something bigger and know that we're... And if I think, you know, piece of advice out there for the business owners or CEOs, if you're not quite comfortable with that step, take the town hall. Like, you know, could you do a town hall update and field some questions about your business or things going on? We have um, a great great one at MMA. We have one regionally, we have one nationally, and then we have one at like the big level. So like all three levels, I can understand and see what's going on in our business. And it's awesome. It's it's really easy nice. to implement. Yeah. Easy to implement. Yeah, that's it's a great. Zoom call. Yeah, we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's a great example. Um, and it's so great to hear that Marsh is doing that because I think to Gen Z, they historically corporate was the dream right you want to work yeah. you want to work at corporate but i think here in the last few years i've talking to a lot of my friends are like i'd rather work local like local businesses so i'm interested and in, i love hearing like what marsh is doing Shoot. and you know and even outside of marsh but like how can we get business owners to give that local business feel in these bigger corporations mm, great question mm, wheels are turning stumper wheels no, are okay. turning 
Hmm. Gabby, I don't know. Could you repeat the repeat, question? Repeat yeah, the question. Could you repeat yeah. the question? Yeah. What's the question? question? <laughs> how can we get corp- more corporate? <laughs> like to, how? to have this local business entrepreneurial type right. feel. And, and be more attractive to the younger generation. If, you know, a lot of my friends, and I don't know if conversations, mm-hmm. but um, they want they want to feel that, you know, community, the, a team. And sometimes with corporate, you're lost. You're just a number. So you're lost can, in a larger organization. Yep. Okay, yeah, I see where you're going yeah. with this. Um, I, I'm biased mm-hmm. because the way that our organization is structured, and you guys may know this, yeah. with, with, with MMA, Marsh McLean, the agency, a, larger, a smaller part of Marsh, we were designed by taking local agencies and then getting resources from Marsh to then better help our clients and help them succeed. So we have... A local feel, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, where I'm at in Richmond, um, our, our legacy agency had been there for decades. So it's like very ingrained in the community, you know, very happy to be there, I think. But broader scale, right, because not everybody's working at MMA. Um, I think there are some ways of doing that. And I think it's going to be in person. I think, you know, if, if, if I'm a corporation and, you know, bringing people out to me, if you know, my team is spread across six cities, how can we get people together Mm-hmm. Um, seeing them, having a social connection there, that way they feel like it is a little bit smaller and they're not just hopping on a Zoom call every day and like, I've got people all over the place. Mm-hmm. Also, they need to get to know that, like, what's your dog's name? Yeah. Are your kids yeah. playing t-ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you need right. to know that right. your people. I mean, I, yeah, I think it, on that, I mean, I would say my experience in a large corporation felt very small too. Mm-hmm. And I think because a lot of us have been there for so long, you just kind of, grew up with those people and it felt very it felt a lot smaller than what it was but I think kind of going back to what Michael said right like having the town halls having the communication having the great mentors having the great manager that gives you feedback and tells you things I I don't think any of that that people want changes at what size you are if you're doing it well right Right. so I think whether you're a small business or a company of a hundred thousand it's about the personal relationships, right? Mm-hmm. People, it doesn't feel like a huge corporation if you like your manager and you like your peers and you I have people yeah. around you, right? That it feels like a great environment. So I think it probably comes down to a lot of like the culture of the company. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think corporations could do a better job sometimes like breaking down some of these like policies that feel fake and like mm-hmm. aren't so they don't have to be so rigid about everything mm-hmm. right so like some of that could probably go away and it or would maybe fake, feel a little more small now we're going to get together and get to know each other so tell me everything about you right right, right. <laughs> some on, of it is, gets a little forced yeah. yeah some of the like the, even like the force you know it, it's like DEI stuff it's like okay this should be a part of your everyday cult mm-hmm. how do you learn how to just like live and breathe that versus mm-hmm. it being like the inclusive class where now everyone's uncomfortable, right? right. Everyone's uncomfortable, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's probably what it is, is just taking a hard look and saying, like, does this have the intent that it's truly meant to have? Right. And if it doesn't, then let's scrap it. You know, there's a lot of things that corporate America has going for it that's great. And there's a lot of things that could get relooked at and go away completely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Sometimes, too, I think it's like if the mission isn't juicy, I think a lot of younger people want to feel like they're making an impact in their communities or the world. And if I think if I always think about this, if you're like making wooden dowels, 
not that exciting of a company. Sorry to all the wooden dowel people out there in the that world. Is. But like that would be a kind of dull job, right? right? So then that's when you need to get creative and maybe you take your team to do a Habitat for Humanity build. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you need to you need to do something. So if your company al- already has a great mission that you can get your right. folks connected to, great. But if the, if it's not, if you make paper clips, maybe it's not that exciting. But maybe that's when you start to try to get outside the box and think of things that can connect your group. Absolutely. So I think to kind of get our takeaways together from this episode, Gen Z, all right, what's the basics? We want communication, effective communication, yep. and regular communication with leadership, right? Um, I think trust is a huge, huge thing. Um, that career progression mm-hmm. of just adding more to the tool belt, I think a lot of the younger generation, we, we want, we're hungry to learn, right? Whether, you know, some people might not believe that and think that we're, you know, who knows what, but um, I think adding to the tool belt, and I really do think that it, it all just stems with that communication piece, you know? If you're having those regular communications, yeah. checking in, you know, meeting each other where each other are at, um, it's going to be a successful organization. Sometimes it's funny just how simple things can be. Yeah. Yeah. We, over, we, over, we overthink yeah, things. Yeah, we overthink things. And, and I think any any manager that um, it's worth their salt, if their employee comes to them and says, hey, I'm struggling with this, they're going to find a way to help them. You know, or they're, you know, they're not just going to be like, well, sorry, you should leave. Um, no, it's like, you know, there's, there, there's some ways of doing it. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that, you know, the big takeaway is, again, we have more similarities than we have differences, mm-hmm. but it is flexing style. So, you know, the Gen Zers are not in management leadership jobs yet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think many are. Um, so it's really about teaching our millennials and our Gen Xers that the communication, it has to flex. And there are some things that we are responsible as leaders for helping teach that someone in Gen Z didn't necessarily learn their entire life, right? Like you did not, if you grew up with a phone in your hand, you did not learn how to navigate conflict in the workplace. Right. You wouldn't have mm-hmm. learned that if you were a boomer or a millennial either, right? So I think we just kind of forget sometimes that mm-hmm. we have to onboard this younger generation into the workforce as yeah. a whole as well. So um, there's a lot of things that, again, if we all just realize that our strengths are all a really good thing and can all contribute to the workplace and we can all help each other out, Love we'd be it. in a better place. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Michael, thank you so much. No, thank, thank you guys for having me. This yes. is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. For coming a down. year ago, we finally put it on the books. We finally made ago, it happen. We made it happen. Super exciting. And I think it's just important um, to have this conversation and hear from the ground level, the employees, the Gen Z, um, to help business owners. So thank mm-hmm. you. Appreciate it. to all of our listeners out there thank you so much for tuning in make sure that you are subscribing on youtube if you are listening on spotify apple podcasts any of the platforms uh, make sure that you follow like leave us a review if you like what we're talking about yeah and if you don't don't say anything (laughs) if you have any topics that you would like us to talk about or if you have an hr nightmare that you want us to break down um there is a link in the description um and thank you so much check us out leadhrgroup.com if you want to engage our senior certified consultant and get some personalized help we have that as well and unlike michael we do not want constructive feedback so (laughs) there it is positive reviews positive reviews only Thank you for tuning in.